Hey, Josue here with a quick note on this show. Um, there's a lot of noise on this one, and I tried to get rid of it, but I couldn't. So I just hope that you will stick around. Um, the interview is actually really, really good, and the Comic Book Project is a really interesting um, program. So I hope you'll um, bear with the noise and listen to the whole thing. Thanks. So welcome to the Geek Therapy Podcast. This is episode 14. I'm your host, Tosua Cardona, and with me today is Michael Bitts, the founder and director of the Comic Books Project. I read a book titled Manga High, and um, I looked at some of the comics that have resulted from um, the Comic Book Project, and I think it's a fascinating, fascinating project. So, Michael, thank you for coming on the show and talking to us. Thank you for having me. So, so what exactly is the Comic Book Project? The comic book project is a very simple concept, actually. It's the idea for young people to plan, write, design, and publish original comic books. I started this project as a teacher, and noticing that my students really needed some serious engagement in language and literacy, and I was looking for creative ways for them to do that. And comics were a really natural fit. I really wasn't a comics reader. I was really trying to use the medium as a way to engage my students. And so the project really began from there with a with one class in New York City. And it has since expanded to become a national and international literacy initiative, much to my surprise in a lot of ways. Uh, but it's been a really wonderful experience. And it's been amazing to see the kids be so creative and use comics as the pathway for that learning and, and creative ability. So if you weren't a big fan of comics, um, how, did you, how did you come up with the idea? Or how did you really get to, to that point of using comic books? When I was a graduate student at Teachers College at Columbia, I was involved in a research study called Learning in and Through the Arts. And this was an opportunity to investigate the ways that the arts are connected to academic learning in literacy, math, and, and the other content areas. And one thing that the study taught me was that while there's lots of different kinds of connections between academic learning and arts learning, those connections really aren't made explicit until you have activities and projects that help the students understand those connections. So, for example, you know, if kids were making a sculpture or doing a painting, there wouldn't be a necessarily a necessary direct connection to reading and writing. But in the creation of a comic book, there's something different. Now kids are, by virtue of the medium, they are writing words to connect with their pictures and you need one with the other. And so that always stuck with me and it was something that I wanted to experiment with in my own classroom just out of need. And then it really burgeoned into a desire to bring that to a wider audience. So what was that first experience like um, when you first tested it and, and what kind of feedback did you get? Well, it's it was really amazing because the students that I were working with were middle schoolers and I clearly remember um, a group of them, you know, I have to remember this is New York City public school, um, you know, with 32, 34 students in my room, no aids, hardly any resources, no technology. Um, and so I remember very clearly this group of uh, boys in the back of my room drawing Pokemon, because that's what it was at the time, you know, late 90s. And um, 
I remember saying to them, you know, if you put words in these characters' mouths, I can give you a grade for writing. And it became sort of a, a deal that I struck with them. And um, from there on in, they were pretty much creating comics all the way through. And um, the feedback, you know, was obvious from all the kids because I really wanted to focus on creativity, not necessarily how great you draw or, you know, how well you reflect on the comics tradition or history. Um, I was really, you know, using it for selfish purposes to, you know, engage my students in reading and writing. And so that model of original comics published as they are created by the kids, uh, comics on socially relevant themes with a very strong emphasis on the nuts and bolts of writing, uh, punctuation, grammar, uh, narrative, story structure, character development, and so on. Uh, you know, that became the model for the comic book project from that one classroom, and it, it really grew from there. So those kids you used in the example, they were already drawing, and then you got them to do the writing piece. Um, do you ever have kids where it's the other, where they have difficulty the other way around, where they, they want to write, but they, they can't do the drawings, or they're, or they're not confident in their own drawings? Definitely. We hear this from so many young people that we work with, and it's important to say that the Comic Book Project is really meant to be a literacy initiative. Obviously, there's art making embedded closely into that. Um, so many of the students that we work with never thought of themselves as comic book artists or artists of any kind. So when we ask them to draw, there are a number of young people who say, I can't draw, I can't do that. And it's interesting because if we ever ask students to write, we would never let them get away with saying, oh, I can't write, I don't do that, that's not part of my skill set. Um, but when it comes to drawing or creating music or whatever the arts may be, um, we often let them slide. And so the way we start the comic book project is to convince them that, in fact, they can draw. So we work with very simple shapes, very simple lines. Um, we talk about uh, word balloon and dialogue construction within the context of word art. And um, by the end of it, we convince that all students are writers, all students are artists, and anybody can be a part of this project. It's really meant to be about your creative ideas and how you can express them. And so do you ever have kids who, who don't buy into it? Because uh, the comic book sounds, it sounds so exciting. If I would have had that in my school, I would have jumped at the chance to, to learn how to make a comic book or just you know, do that on a daily basis. Um, what kind of buy-in do you get from the kids at the schools? Well, uh, you know, creativity and the arts are things that are disappearing from school classrooms. And so whenever we give kids the opportunity to be creative, they jump at it. And so we very rarely have kids say, I don't want to do this, um, especially because we frame it in the light of, you're going to be able to tell your story, you're going to publish your story. Um, it's not about how great you draw, but how creative you can be. And everybody wants to be creative. So um, the buy-in has been very strong from the students we have involved, as well as teachers. You know, I think teachers are really looking for ways to engage their students in learning. and it's interesting because most classroom teachers probably like me did not grow up reading comics, although there are many who did. Um, but you know, I grew up reading uh, literature and books. So to go to comics may not be the most natural thing for a teacher in a classroom, but when they realize the creative opportunities, um, they really do buy in and um, comics then suddenly become something that they continue to do uh, year after year with, with different groups of kids. So that's great to see us change in practice. 
So you said um, over the years, um, for people who have just just learning about the comic book project, how long has the project been around? Well, we're celebrating our 10th year anniversary this year. And so what started with one classroom in New York City um, expanded quickly throughout the New York City after school community in, in particular first um, in 2002-2003 um, and continued to expand in New York. Um, the first place that it went to after that was to Cleveland uh, through the support of the Cleveland Foundation. The comic book project became an in-school project where our teachers collaborated with English teachers on creating the comics in a literacy block. And so those two models, the after-school model and the in-school model, uh, expanded across the U.S. We've had at least uh, one school in every state, including Alaska, and a great project in Hawaii, across the Bailey Island of Hawaii, um, all over the country with kids creating comics. And we uh, just recently launched our first international initiatives. We have youth comic book creators in Canada, in Australia, we have a partnership that's about to launch in Nigeria and Nicaragua. So we are spreading the model, or really what's happening is people are learning about our model and they are adapting it to their needs in, in their classrooms, which is really great to see. So are other people, are people from other countries approaching you or are you advocating for the project and, and reaching out? Um, many times it's people who come to us. Uh, that's how our Canadian project got started in Educator. Um, named Manfred von Root at uh, North Mount Middle School in Toronto uh, was a big advocate for comics in the classroom, learned about the comic book project, brought it into his class, and then uh, became sort of the Canadian hub for the comic book project. So it often happens that way. Um, but we do also reach out to others, um, particularly with our partnership in Australia, which is a digital partnership. Um, it's kids they're not necessarily creating their comics online, although some of them do create digital comics. For the most part, they are creating their comics by hand and then scanning them up and sharing them on Ming, on Google Drive, those kinds of platforms. Um, that partnership, we have reached out to other educators like in England and in New Zealand um, to try to uh, expand our community of comics creators. Uh, we really would like to see a worldwide initiative of young people creating comics, sharing those comics um, as, as a pathway to learning about each other, uh, for learning about each other's cultures and backgrounds, and of course, storylines and creative ideas, because in the end, that, that's really what the comics are all about. Yeah, on, on the website, I saw a lot of the, the small... Um, not the small, uh, a lot of the books that, that have been published, right? So, so the kids make these comics and then you publish them um, for them, correct? Absolutely. Um, you know, again, coming from it from the educational perspective, publishing is a huge part of youth literacy and it often goes by the wayside. A lot of times teachers will have students create something or write something and then, you know, it might go on the school walls or, you know, usually in a file cabinet. Um, but when you can be celebrated as a published author, that's really where you get excited about creating and drawing and, and making comics. So from the very beginning, we've focused on publishing student comics. Um, we've often done it with printed publications. And more uh, recently, we've uh, examined digital publications. Uh, mostly because of the cost factor, but also because you can share a digital publication with anybody on, uh, around the world. And we also have um, 
culminating events, uh, publishing parties. This year, for example, in New York City, uh, are, we're having a culminating event at Barnes & Noble uh, on the Upper East Side on May 30th. And this is an opportunity for all the students who participated in New York, their parents, their teachers, to come together, see the comics on display, celebrate the work, and really have an opportunity to be a celebrated author and artist. And you know, those kinds of motivators are really important for, for young students. That sounds so exciting. Uh, how, how old are these kids usually um, that are participating in the project? We started the project really focused on upper elementary and middle school, so grades four through eight. Um, so that's really where it started. But since then, we have had uh, K-12 and even K through adult. We've had um, some community college programs and uh, some adult literacy programs involved in the comic book project. So it, it's run the gamut now. And I think that really speaks to the power of creativity that, you know, it's not sort of like this box curriculum that you buy from whatever publisher. It's really meant to be a model that you as a teacher or you as a student take and then you run with it and, and you make it your own comic book project. Um, that, that's really the kind of curriculum that I would like to see in classrooms. Now, um, you said that the focus uh, at the beginning was, was literacy, but I've seen some of the projects online and they, these kids are talking about really, really important themes and, and things that are very important to them and very personal stories. So I'm wondering what kind of, um, what kind of like transfer, transforming experience have you seen or, or what kind of, um, do you have any examples of, of kids who were transformed by this experience? Absolutely. And, you know, it's an amazing thing, as you mentioned, when we first started the comic book project, because it was meant to be a literacy initiative, I wasn't thinking so much about what the kids' comics were going to be about. Um, and when we started getting this first round of comics, especially our first uh, full year in New York City, when we had sort of a wide swath of the city with hundreds of comics coming in from all the boroughs, the storylines were just so reflective of issues that kids were going through, whether there were family issues, neighborhood issues, community issues, issues at school, um, sometimes very difficult things to deal with, whether it was, uh, you know, witnessing abuse or witnessing, you know, a death in the family or a family breakup or whatever it may be. And we started to realize how powerful the voice could be when you give kids that opportunity to express themselves. And there was something about the comics with the visual imagery and the text side by side and intertwined in the story that help kids just really express themselves in ways that we learned they had never done before. And so there are many, many stories of opportunities for uh, young people to tell stories that we um, might never have heard from uh, before. And uh, we have many success stories as well. In fact, um, this last year at the New York City uh, teacher training, there was a teacher who was there from our very first year. So she was a 10-year veteran of the comic book project. And she told us um, about one of her students from 10 years ago who was a middle schooler at the time and has since graduated from NYU and is uh, working for a manga production company. And so we, you know, we learned how you know, this one little project really changed his life and sort of set him on a career path that um, we never would have known or expected. So it's really uh, rewarding to hear about those kinds of stories and it makes all the work worth it. Now, I have a question about the the style, right? So so Manga High is about, like, the beginning of it. And 
I'm sure that 10 years ago, I think, at least from, from my perspective, um, anime and, and manga was a lot more popular, maybe, when compared to Western comics. And I feel that Western comics have really grown in popularity, especially because of all of the movies and the cartoon series that have come out. So have you, do you tell the kids uh, what kind of style to draw, or are they bringing their own ideas into it? And, and you know, they, they want to draw like the Marvel superheroes, or do they want to draw the anime style? What, what do you get from the kids? We never tell them what style to draw. And so that was what was so interesting to me about Manga High, um, bringing the comic book project into this high school program. I had no idea what the kids were going to create. Um, so the comic book project was really just a vehicle for them to, as I learned and wrote in the book, um, to just pursue manga to a whole other level. They were already consuming it voraciously, uh, reading it. They were creating it in sketchbooks. And the comic book project became a vehicle for them to then publish it and sort of become worldwide uh, superstars for manga in their own, in their own way. Um, and when the book was published in Japanese, they just were super, super excited because um, <laughs> they were, everything that they were doing was derivative of what they wanted to know and learn about Japan. So even though they had never been to Japan and um, didn't have any Japanese friends or in their, in their community or in their neighborhoods, they felt very closely connected with Japan. But I think that you're right, that it does go in swings, it does go in waves. We still see plenty of manga style um, from kids all around the country and all around the world, actually. Um, you know, I was just looking at a comic book from a, a, a young person in Australia, and it was very manga-related. And so I think it just comes it just comes down to what your influences have been, where you have um, sort of been introduced to different kinds of media, whether it's cartoons or comics or magazines or books or whatever it may be. Um, and it just speaks to, you know, whatever style that you identify with. Um, we certainly see plenty of superhero style comics, although uh, one rule in the comic book project is that you must use and create original characters. You can't use a Marvel superhero or, you know, uh, you, can't use a, you can't use a manga uh, character from anything that you, it might be, you know, it might take characteristics from those characters, but it can't be um, that character. It's important for us to focus on original work. Um, so we do see a really wide range of characters. And then, you know, what's most interesting for me is for those kids who never really were into comics or, um, you know, thought about themselves making a comic, to see the kind of style that those kids use or create, um, oftentimes it's some sort of amalgamation of a variety of different styles. So um, I think we'll continue to see different media you know, impacting student work and the kinds of comics that they create. And um, it's just an amazing journey to kind of see that unfold over the years. I can imagine. Is there anything that you want to make sure that we, that you want people to know about? Um, I think it's important to um, remember that um, comics can be a great vehicle for all kinds of learners. Um, you know, we've seen really, you know, this, the so-called gifted and talented kids really sort of gravitate towards um really deep and complex graphic novels. And as we've demonstrated in the comic book project, they can be an amazing tool for struggling readers and writers, English language learners, um, a variety of students with special needs. We, we've had a number of um, kids with autism involved in the comic book project. And I think it uh, is important to just remember that every, every person has a voice and you wanna try to find those vehicles for 
expressing those voices and, and I think creating comics is a really great way to do that. So I would encourage parents and um, teachers and just any adults to help young people find that pathway. And if it's not through comics, find out what else it may be. It may be through music or um, other other kinds of arts. But um, it does seem like comics do have this particularly powerful opportunity for self-expression. They do. They do. Absolutely. And and on on my show, we, we've touched on how they impact people more than how it is an experience for them to, to express themselves. So um, what kind of uh, feedback have you received from maybe other kids who are reading the comic books that have come about as, as a result of the comic book project? Well, that's the thing about the project. Um, you know, there's a lot of focus on comics in the classroom out there, and I, I think it's good. I, I think comics can be really great reading support tools, and obviously their comics are literature in their own right, so they ought to be part of the canon of what happens inside a classroom, without a doubt. And I think that's happening more and more. Uh, what we've been doing in the comic book project is a little bit different because we've been using comics as writing support and sort of creative support. But you're right, the outcome is often, you know, is always a finished product that can then be read by other kids. And it is really great when kids read other kids' comics um, because it's almost like they're speaking to each other right right into each other's ears um and they're getting the stories right from each other and, and you can see this when kids are reading other kids comics they they would see, they'll they'll say out loud oh i love that or sometimes you'll hear oh i wouldn't i wouldn't have the character do that and that's a beautiful liter literary discussion right there and we want kids to get excited about literature and i think um when you have youth communicating with other youth through comics, it, it can be really strong. So um, there's really a good, strong feedback from kids when they're reading other kids' comics, and that's one of the main reasons why we published it. I have a colleague who goes through, who created a database, and then he uses mainstream comics, reads them, and tags them with different themes. So then um, therapists and teachers can just go to that database, look up the theme that they want, and then get a, a relevant comic book. Um, I'm wondering, is there something like that, uh, some sort of catalog for people to to look up um, the comic books that have resulted from the comic book project? You know, that's a great question, and I wish we had done more of that um, over time. But no, we don't really tag them that way. It would be a really great study or a great idea. Maybe if we can um, you know, get a graduate student on our uh, sort of intern list, we can um, put somebody on that task. Um, I, I do think that would be a great idea, but we don't have that right now. Um, we do have the comics organized by theme in the publications. Um, when we first started the project, we weren't theme-based so much. It was just about make a comic and whatever your story is going to be, it is what it is. Um, but we learned quickly that themes can be powerful um, to help kids focus on their storyline, but also to help the kids think about a really important issue in their lives. So the themes have really run the gamut from the environment to leadership, to community building. We even had a financial literacy comic, you know, where kids are creating comics about not going into debt and so on. Um, and so those have been really great opportunities for kids to learn about those themes from each other. Um, so we'll, we'll get more on the ball about uh, cataloging our different comics for different themes because uh, there's all kinds of really great things that come up uh, in the comics. And I would encourage uh, folks to go to our website, which is comicbookproject.org, uh, click on the Comics by Kids link, and you'll be able to download PDFs for free 
of a bunch of student comics, which uh, you know we'll be putting more up uh, in the near future. And I'll make sure to put the link in the um, episode description also. Great. So what is what is what is next for the comic book project? You've just reached ten years. W- what are the next steps? What are you looking forward to to in the future? Well, we really are looking forward to an international collaboration of schools and libraries and communities involved in the project. And any folks who are listening to the podcast who want to get on board, definitely do contact me or maybe, you know, again, we could share the link around. Um, we would love to see uh, a home for international youth comics. And so what's on the horizon is uh, we plan to do an annual publication um, in the fall, starting with the first annual in this fall, of uh, Best in Youth Comics International. It will be a printed collection of youth comics from around the world, and that's something that we hope to do every year as a way of promoting the project and just promoting creativity and learning. Um, and, you know, we hope to distribute that uh, worldwide. Um, and we also, you know, will continue to look to the digital collaborations, um, ways of uh, using the internet to connect kids and also to help them actually create their comics online. So those are some of the things that we're looking forward to. We, we will continue to expand our model and um, just continue continue on the journey of, of bringing creativity into the classroom through comics. That's what we're all about. So if a school or an institution wants to be a part of the project or they want to set up their own comic book project internally, um, what resources do you have available for that? On our website at comicbookproject.org, we do sell classroom kits and individual kits, and we use those funds to keep the project going. So a teacher could get a classroom kit with student materials and lesson plans and a training DVD, or for that's for um, a classroom of 25 students, or an individual kit meant for one student where a young person could create their comic and then send it in to us and we'll publish it online. Um, so those kinds of resources are available. And uh, we also, you know, continue to do um, professional development for teachers. Um, this year, I'll be the keynote speaker at the Wildcat Comic Con in Pennsylvania in September. And so we, you know, continue to reach out to both the comics community and the education community to try to connect the team. Um, so, you know, we'll continue to provide those resources in terms of links or um, publications and those kinds of things. So one more time, Michael, um, if anybody uh, wants to find out more information, where do they go? It's comicbookproject.org, and you can go about the website and learn about the history of the project, see student comics, um, see the, uh, where to get the materials, and um, you can contact, contact us directly from the website as well. So thank you, Michael, so much for coming on the show. I think that what you're doing is, is fantastic. I think it's a great idea, and I'm really looking forward to seeing um, what you guys do in the future. Thank you very much. For more information on Geek Therapy, visit geektherapy.com or follow us on Twitter at Geek Therapy. Thanks. Okay.